Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 249. When you look at your calendar, what do you see? A calendar filled with clients or client work? Or is there a lot of blank space? Now, don't worry, I'm not going to sing T-Swift for you. But getting more bookings, it's the biggest piece of the puzzle. And if you find yourself in a season where bookings are slow, you might be desperate to think of ways on how you can change that. This episode is for those of you in the service industry that rely on booking clients in your business, whether you're a photographer, a calligrapher, a graphic designer, florist, wedding planner, or something similar. And heck, if you are none of those things, you can still pick up some incredibly good tips on how to generate interest in whatever it is that you're selling. So don't go anywhere. Okay. Slow booking seasons can be really stressful as an entrepreneur, not knowing what the year will look like and wanting to do everything you can to get your calendar booked to have some sort of peace of mind. It can consume your thoughts and your days. Now, as a wedding photographer, I've been there. Well, kind of, because today I'm going to walk you through my five main strategies that I use to fill my calendar each and every single year so that I could rest easy knowing that I had hit my goals both in client workload and in income goals. These five tips could not only help you boost your bookings, but can also guide you in creating a marketing plan that really works so you can stop stressing about when your next paycheck or contract will come in. Oh, and if you do happen to be a photographer, then I have a free live training happening this week, like today. So quick hit pause, jump over to photowebinar.com and I will share more tips, tricks, and strategies on rocking a photo biz that doesn't have to take over your life. And if you're worried you totally missed out and you're too late, don't worry. We're keeping the replay up for you after the live streams so that you can get this content even if you're listening to the show after its air date. Head to photowebinar.com, save your seat, and I'll be sharing a lot of good info for you there. All right, let's dive on into five ways to boost your bookings. Are you guys ready? Here we go. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts, listen in on honest conversations, and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. 
If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Thank you to Poshmark for supporting Gold Digger. Download the free Poshmark app and shop millions of closets for great deals on the brands you love. Get $5 off your first Poshmark purchase. Download the free Poshmark app and enter the code GOLDDIGGER5. The first strategy, create scarcity. Have you ever noticed if something is limited or restricted from you, it becomes strangely appealing? Think things like Black Friday deals, limited quantities, even the last cookie in the cookie jar. I'm sure you've all experienced this at some point in your life, the idea of wanting something that you just can't have. And the thing is, is that people perceive something that's limited as unique and valuable and more desirable. Now, this concept is called scarcity, and it's something that if used correctly and honestly, it can easily increase your bookings in the service industry. The rule of scarcity is defined as limiting the supply or offering of something that is in high demand. This mismatch of shortage versus desire causes people to take action, and we want to use this to our advantage in our business. So what does it look like to have scarcity as a service provider? Only taking on a certain amount of clients, announcing that your dates are filling in fast, which they hopefully will be after this episode, or sharing that you're taking limited work. You know how Facebook has those memories, you know, they pop up and sometimes they might make you cringe, at least in my case they do. Well, lately I've been getting a bunch of memories popping up from my earliest days and I didn't realize it at the time, but I was making scarcity a real thing in my business. Every single time I booked a new wedding, I would do a post. Whenever I was getting almost fully booked, I shared that fact. People knew I was in demand and that they needed to inquire sooner than later if they wanted to get their desired wedding date. And this method totally helped fill my calendar. So let's talk about why this concept works. Like, why does it work so well? There are a few reasons. People like to think that they got something that not everyone else can easily have. This gives people this feeling of power. It gives extra value to the item or service as well. Another reason it works is because in limiting the supply, it gives the feeling that this item or service is super popular and it adds social proof, which is so powerful when people are making purchasing decisions. So let's break down like how can you actually do this in your business? Number one, have a deadline. When people know that your offer is not going to be available forever, it creates urgency and forces them to make a quick decision. I mean, we see this all the time in the online world. I want people to make a decision when I close my doors on my courses, because here's the deal. If they're just sitting on the fence, then I'm not doing my job in helping them make that decision. And they're likely not going to have any reason to make it. So I love to have deadlines for people because I know for myself, I need them to make decisions. Number two, you can limit the offering. You could have limited spots, space, access, whatever that looks like. This can also create urgency because if they don't get it now, it might not be available later because someone else has taken their spot. Again, we do this all the time. Our webinars are actually limited to 1,000 people. Like they are. We don't just say like spots are filling and that doesn't mean anything. 1,000 people, we overfill them all the time. People can't get in unintentionally on our part. And so when you limit the offering and you really have that be a true thing, people will jump. 
You can also have a potential loss. So you could create an offer that's never going to be coming back. This makes it so that your customers, they only have one chance to purchase it from you think about it. Like FOMO, it's real. It's a real thing. And sometimes the pain of missing out is so powerful that people will do whatever they can to make sure that they are part of what it is that you have to offer. It's not meant to trick people, okay? Like you have an awesome product or service to sell. We're just simply encouraging people who are interested in working with you but haven't pulled the trigger yet to finally make a decision and take action. Even if that action looks like choosing to ultimately not work with you, a decision is better than being indecisive. So let's look at a few examples in action. You could have a countdown clock. So we use countdown clocks linked within our offers, and that'll immediately show that there is scarcity associated with it. We do this when promoting my courses so that there is a clear doors are closing time. You cannot get in. We are being honest when we say that. And the countdown clock communicates that better than words ever could. Number two, you can create seasonal offers that are available just for a limited amount of time. Examples of this are Black Friday, the pumpkin spice latte, holiday related items. We have a really cool restaurant here up in Duluth. It's in Cloquet, Minnesota called Gordy's and it's only open for a few months out of the year. So there's this huge drive to get there the day it opens and make sure you get in there while they're open. Maybe you're wondering, well, how could a seasonal offer really work in my specific business? Like, let's say you have a digital product and you offer a seasonal bonus that ties in when they purchase that relates to the time of year or something that is timely. An example of this would be a tax guide bonus during tax season. Or maybe you're in the service industry and you could offer a special discounted rate for your off season or a special offering like mini session dates that aren't available all year. Or maybe you could do a holiday version version of your service that's not always available. Number three, you could reward early purchasers on a limited basis. So this would look like if you had the first five people who purchase and send in a contract, they get an extra bonus, whether that's extra time with you, an additional service that they can't buy otherwise, a training, a cheat sheet, something additional that's not for sale otherwise that rewards people for taking action quickly. Number four, you could offer small batch limited quantities. Like an example of this could be, again, mini sessions with only a certain amount of spots or how we do a limited supply of my I am enough necklaces where we do small batches and then they sell out in a day and we have a whole waiting list. Number five, you can use social proof to show high demand and create scarcity. People look to others to guide their purchasing decisions. And so if you can communicate that your products or services are popular with others and in limited quantity, that is where the magic can happen. So how can you do this? Let's be transparent about how many have been purchased and how many are actually left. Like if you say there are 10 spots, there should just be 10 spots and you should be honest about that. But you want to give people an idea of how quickly they will need to take action in order to take advantage of an item or an offer or a service. I've always celebrated publicly when I booked new clients or was excited about working at a new venue and shared that with my followers, which demonstrated this idea of social proof that I was in demand and my services were being booked. And I'll talk a little bit more about why that works in a new way in just a bit. 
So some final tips to make scarcity work for you. Simply making an item or a service scarce is not going to automatically fill your calendar. Like you can't just stop the episode here and say, this is it. I'm going to fill in my calendar. You need people who are excited for the release. And in order to do this, you have to really focus on building it up. You can do this by starting to hint at what your new offering is going to be well before you launch it. For example, if you're a portrait photographer, try having a date that you open your availability for bookings instead of just always being open. You can also do things like create a waiting list where people who sign up will be the first to know like an exclusive thing. And it's coming when it's available for purchase or booking so that these people, they're ready, they're waiting, and they're going to take action quickly. I'd also recommend that you do this and use this tip in moderation. If you start using scarcity tactics all the time, people aren't going to believe you or take them seriously. So use this idea sparingly in your business, or you could end up scarring people and losing their trust. And finally, I want for you to just boldly share your offer with your audience. Be proud of it. Stand firm on the rules that you have set up. Use scarcity as a way to remind people how you serve the world and set yourself up for a chance to get in touch with people who might be interested in working with you, but haven't yet and encourage them to make that decision once and for all. Number two is this. No one markets better for you than your past clients. Tip number two I have for you in increasing your bookings, it has to do with generating word of mouth marketing. How are your clients currently finding you? My answer when I was running my photography business was referrals. Straight up referrals from past clients, that was the number one way I was able to completely book out every single year and increase my pricing each year in my photography business over the course of the six years that I shot. And it was also the way that I kept my booming business without having to spend a single penny in paid advertising after that first year. That's kind of crazy. Like I didn't have to do any paid ads after that first year because guess what? I served those first year clients so well, they became my referral source. And so I had walking billboards out there in the form of past happy clients. If a big percentage of your new clients aren't coming in as referrals from past clients, we need to talk because this is probably the best way I know how to fill your calendar. Not only that, but when referrals are our main way of finding new clients, we're able to really narrow down our niche and work exclusively with our dream clients more often. Why? Because when our dream clients refer their friends, they are way more likely to be similar and the kind of people that we're aiming to attract. When you think about it, like attracts like. So if you find yourself working with your dream clients or a dream client, listen up, okay? Here are a few simple ways to make word of mouth marketing work for you. First things first, serve your clients so well that they cannot stop talking about you and recommending you. Now, I made sure that I showed up big for my clients on their wedding days. Like I went above and beyond. And I'm not saying this to toot my own horn. I need you to know that I was never beyond the hustle on a wedding day. I wanted everyone to feel like I was another bridesmaid. I wanted them to feel loved and cared for beyond the service I was offering. And I always wanted to leave a wedding day feeling like I was welcomed into the family. From bustling 
canceling the bride's train to having that emergency safety pin to stealing the couple away for a much needed minute alone, complete with their favorite cocktails in hand. I was on top of my clients' needs and not just my clients' needs, but their families, their wedding parties, the rogue flower girl, you name it. I worked hard to make that day extra special. People will notice this extra effort. They will talk about it. They'll talk about it to their friends, to their family, and then guess who they are going to call when they are in need of your services. When I showed up to work, I showed up to work. I was above no one and I did anything necessary to serve people well. Remember this, guys. Just remember this. Next tip here, be unexpected. Who doesn't love a good surprise? Sure, you might be sending coffee gift cards or little emails letting your clients know that you're thinking of them, but how can we step this up a notch and really personalize our gifting and our notes and our communication? Maybe you can create a questionnaire that gets at what they're all about and use that information to show them that you're thinking of them, that you paid attention, that they are important to you and that you appreciate their business. I would always try to surprise my clients, even with thoughtfulness, whether it's just a thinking of you email or following up months after the wedding just to check in on them. This step doesn't have to be expensive. It just has to be thoughtful and intentional. The element of surprise makes things even more memorable. And these are the kinds of things that people will remember and share with others. My next tip here is to put yourself in your client's shoes. Now, I know when I first started out as a wedding photographer, I was my own ideal client. But as the years went on, my ideal client transformed into someone that I couldn't always relate with. But I did this step here. I put myself into my client's shoes. Try to imagine yourself as your client. Think about what things you would enjoy or would make the process of working with you easier. What are your clients worried about? What's keeping them up at night? What are they wondering? What does their Google search bar look like when they're looking into things that involve your services or products? I want for you to serve them well, remembering that they've likely never been through what they are hiring you for. A goal here should be that you are showing up answering questions before they even have them. And the good news here is that you could just sit down and write intentional templates to help you do that so that you're not a slave to your inbox. Better yet, ask your past clients, like sit down and ask them some intentional questions and then take action on their responses by incorporating what their past needs were into your future services. I love collecting feedback from my clients then and now, and I use that to improve the overall client experience I offer. Getting insight is an easy way to show your clients that you care about their experience and feedback while gaining information that will help you wow your next clients even more. I would take common questions my past brides would ask me and compile a wedding planning guide like this entire magazine that answered all of those questions in a beautiful way before they even had to ask them. And I was able to provide a really great resource and show my clients that I knew their needs and had answers for them. This builds confidence in you and it helps them have that trust that you are going to take care of them. And if you need a hint, I sell that exact guide, my wedding magazine at Shop Jenna Kutcher, if you just want to see what I included in it and what it looked like, because it really helped enhance that experience. 
Oh my goodness, it is a great time of year to shop on Poshmark. With spring cleaning and everyone feeling inspired to organize their space and closets, the big name brands and huge deals landing on Poshmark are amazing. Poshmark is a free app that lets you shop through thousands of closets for clothing, shoes, and accessories for women, men, and kiddos. I spotted a lightly used designer handbag for 25% less than what I'd pay retail. And there's tons of super cute floral sundresses from places like Express. There's denim jackets from H&M for a cute spring outfit or for whenever Minnesota decides to warm up to spring temps. I love that with Poshmark, you can make the seller an offer for an even better deal. I mean, I really love deals. Poshmark makes it easy to list your own items too so that you can cash in on the clothes that you don't wear anymore. And shipping is fast and simple. Poshmark is giving the Gold Digger listeners $5 off your first purchase. So just use the code GOLDDIGGER5 when you sign up. Download the free Poshmark app and enter the code GOLDDIGGER5. The next thing is this, go above and beyond. I feel like I shouldn't even have to say that, but let's be honest. It doesn't matter what you say you're going to do but what you actually do that counts. And so I want for you to commit to and adopt the idea of under-promising what you say you're going to do and over-delivering every single time. The more you do this, the more your clients will remember their experience and share about it with others. You have a job to manage their expectations in terms of what they can expect from you. And then it's totally up to you to go above and beyond what you said you were going to do. Your clients, you want them to be pleasantly surprised and walk away feeling loved on and taken care of. Like that's your job. Ways this has worked in my own business, I always did things like post a sneak peek the night of the event. Yes, I was exhausted. Yes, it was midnight. I still did it for my clients. I would send a family portrait to the mothers of the brides the night of the wedding so that they could share that image on Facebook and not a blurry iPhone photo. I quickly blogged client events, so not only did they get to see their images well before they were promised, but all of the vendors involved in that event would get to see it. And all of these little things made sure that my clients were always getting more than they were promised, which made them excited and raving fans. So let's move on to big overall overarching point number three. It's not time to be humble. Celebrate and invite others to do this with you. Now, here's the deal. Unless you are Reese Witherspoon, you probably don't have a full PR team, right? You don't have this team out there shouting your praises and getting you attention. So you have to take ownership and understand the fact that you are your own publicist. And with that title, it means that you have the duty to invite people into your successes and to celebrate with you. Now, I get it. We are not all fans of humble brags. Like how awkward are they? But when you have a true excuse to celebrate something and you share it in a way that invites others to celebrate with you, you are able to use those opportunities as a gentle nudge to remind people of what you do. Let me give you an example. So in my business in the early days, I would do posts that would just say something simple along the lines of, Just book Andy and Beth's wedding at Whistling Streets. I am so excited to photograph their wedding next June or something super simple like that. Simply posting statuses like this not only showed Andy and Beth that I was so excited about their day, it also was an opportunity to tag the venue, get front of mind of other people and be this gentle reminder of like, oh yeah, Jen is a wedding photographer. That's cool. 
I want for you to highlight the things that you're excited about in your business and talk about the milestones and achievements, no matter how small they may seem. This gives your business credibility and visibility, and there is a way to do it without coming across as awkward bragging. I find this type of self-promotion can be a challenge, especially for women. You might be listening right now and you know this might be a smart move for your business, but silently you're deciding that you're not going to take action on this tip. Mastering the art of confidence and authentic self-promotion is not easy, but it can be done. Now, I'm not talking about trying to appear as something you're not or making your social media life look only like a highlight reel. I'm talking about boldly sharing what you offer to the world through meaningful posts meant to serve the right people and not being shy or apologetic about it. It's your job to share what you're up to in your business. And if we're not willing to proudly sing our own praises, how can we expect and invite others to? So here are some tips within this one. Boldly write down your strengths and the value that you bring to your clients and really highlight your accomplishments in your business. Like sit down, do this right now. Don't be humble, make a list because understanding these exact things and bringing a voice to your gifts is the first step in being able to boldly share it. Now, when it comes time to share it, do it confidently. Don't be timid. Don't feel bad about sharing something that deserves attention. If you created a great resource that that could help people, you should be excited about it. You should share it because, hey, it could help somebody else. Think about how you can use your strengths and the value that you bring through your business to other people and focus on serving others and the impact that you're making is really going to help you get over the concern of feeling like you're bragging about your business and it flips it to be a focus on serving and helping others. When you can stop looking at what you're potentially taking from someone and instead look at how you're going to change your life or make it better or just simply add joy to someone's life, it can absolutely change the way you speak about the things you're working on. Now, here's a footnote. You have to accept that not everyone's going to like it. And hey, that's okay. It's not your job to please and market to everyone. Like you can't control other people's opinions. And if they have an adverse reaction to the way that you're promoting yourself or putting out promotional posts, they are not the people you're trying to reach anyways. And so the sooner you can accept this and move on and try not to take it personally, the sooner you can show up with your gifts and the right people will take notice. Trust me when I say that, okay? Number four is this create community. So maybe the whole promoting yourself is difficult for you. Here's another idea that might help you with this idea of promoting your business and putting yourself out there. Create a community of others, it could be small or big, that are going to lift you up and help recognize one another. It's easy for you to recognize a friend's accomplishments and highlight all the great things everyone else is doing, right? Like you could probably talk about any of your friends and sing their praises. Translate that idea to your business and find and create a small network with other peers in your industry that you guys can refer people to. This is huge. This can be a way to not just increase your bookings, but to increase the camaraderie that you have as an entrepreneur. I mean, we all feel like we're little islands, right? Like we are disconnected, we're isolated, we're like heads down and grinding it out. But what would it feel like if you had a little network of people that were all rooting for each other genuinely? Like what does community over competition look like beyond a hashtag? This is what it looked like for me. 
when I was a wedding photographer, I had three different local photographers and we would pass recommendations to one another. And here's the deal. We all won because of it. And we were able to serve potential clients better than just saying, sorry, I'm already booked. Instead of doing that, you can ask, like, do you need help securing someone? And you can be confident about who you share with them. Like we constantly would send clients back and forth based on our own availability. And thus, I was able to not just create a little community, but I was able to serve my inquiries better and help fill other people's calendars with great clients. So how do you actually take action on this? I want for you to think about your customer and the other types of services or businesses they might interact with or other people in your area that do something similar that you do that you would trust to send your loved ones to. Here are other things you can do along this community idea. You can take other business owners wherever it's possible in your posts if it's relevant. You can join groups in your area like the Rising Tide Society's Tuesday Together. You can refer other businesses as much as possible with no expectation of getting something in return. You can give generously. In my business, this looked like sending vendors photos of their products or services and allowing them to use them for their own marketing purposes. Serve others in your industry without asking for anything in return. Other ways I did this in my business were photographing styled shoots for other businesses or offering to shoot headshots and sending them images of their work whenever I could, giving my images freely because other people could recognize that that's a gift and in turn creating a relationship that would lead to referrals. So many people forget about the power of the industry and don't think about serving others well within it with their gifts. And this can be so impactful in growing our own businesses as well. The final point and number five is perfect and elevate your sales process. So every tip so far has been all about attracting more people to your business to increase bookings. But what if the problem lies in what happens after you've attracted a potential client to your business? Maybe closing the sale is what could use some work. Leads in our businesses are not cheap, not cheap at all. And we need to make sure that if someone raises their hand and says that they're interested in us, that we have a high booking rate and that we see our sales process through, that it's polished, that it serves people well, that they feel cared for during it. So here are some tips to make sure that you're putting your best foot forward at this very important step in the process. What does the first point of contact look like? Let's start there. This is our first impression, and we want to knock this out of the park. In my early days, I would write long, personalized emails in response to each and every single lead, but that simply left me burnt out, and my response time wasn't the greatest. Who has an inbox that's at zero anyways, right? I learned that having a canned email or a template allowed me to really sit down and think through what I wanted to communicate in this early stage and have a well-written response that I could then tweak and personalize based on each inquiry. It allowed me to confidently hit send and know that if the lead was my ideal client and we were a match, that it was likely that they would be signing on as a client. Next, I want for you to make sure your services and your pricing are clearly communicated and understood. 
Along those same lines, I created a beautifully designed pricing guide that walked people through exactly what was and what wasn't included in my packages, what pricing was, and it painted the picture of what the experience of working with me looked like. I've got a template in the shop if this is something that you could use in your business to customize and make your own. But basically, I wanted people to have this template, this beautiful guide that would walk them through my process, show how I'm different than everyone else so that they couldn't just price shop me. They had to really think about the experience I could offer versus someone else in my industry. The next step is this, don't forget to have a call to action. Just like in social media, we wanna make sure that this initial point of contact has a call to action. You don't wanna leave things up in the air. You don't wanna put the ball in their court. You want to tell them what's next, what they need to do if they wanna book, when you will be following up with them, when they can expect to hear from you next. If you don't ask for the sale or clearly communicate next steps, you might lose them to someone else. Like be assertive in this step. Say, hey, I'm gonna give you a few days to check over this information. I'd love to follow up with you then to see if you have any questions. And then follow up. That's the next step. Don't be shy about following up. I feel like people are so timid on this step and you don't wanna be ruthless or annoying, but you want this information to be a part of your workflow because it's a really easy step to forget. And sometimes just simply showing that you care and that you're on top of things is all it takes to nudge someone into booking. Like show that, hey, I know you have a big decision. Is there anything I can do to help make your decision easier? Just offering that help instead of saying, hey, what's up? Are you gonna book me or not? No, have a really clear follow-up plan and then just really use your gut, feel them out. If they're not interested, they're not interested, but definitely let them know that you still care. Lastly, analyze where you might be losing someone in your process. Start tuning into where things might be going wrong and look at all of the steps with fresh eyes. Do you not hear back from leads once you send them that initial email? Maybe it's after you sent pricing info. I hate that. Maybe meeting in person could work better for you, or maybe you need to move around the timing of your consult calls. Don't be shy to ask leads why they may not have chosen you, and then use that information to improve for next time. Holy cow, guys, that was a lot of information, but there you have it. The five ways I consistently booked my calendar up year after year, from creating scarcity to generating referrals, creating community, promoting your wins, and perfecting your sales process. I hope you're able to take some of these strategies and incorporate them into your own businesses so that you can confidently and boldly share what you're offering and make an impact with the people that you serve. Oh, And remember, if you happen to be a photographer or someone who has a camera and is thinking about starting a photography business, don't forget about my free training that you can join at photowebinar.com. If you're tuning in on the day this episode is released, the live trainings are happening like basically now. And if you're a little bit behind, no sweat, you can still catch the content in the form of a replay. So hop on over to photowebinar.com and get ready for me to walk you through more marketing tips to help you run a successful, profitable, life-giving, photography business. All right, now get to work. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of the gold digger podcast. Thanks for listening to the gold digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.